Good to go? Okay, Parshas B'chukaisai. Actually, this week, our Torah portions are a double header. We have Bahar and B'chukotai. And I will note with some sadness that as we have Parshat B'chukotai, we also have Shabbat Chazak. This means that we will be concluding an entire book of the Torah outside of Shul. A whole book of the Torah. The entirety of Leviticus. Because the last Shabbat Chazak was already under this current situation. We already finished the book of Exodus already with this, with this craziness. So that's not so inspiring or exciting, but that's a matter of fact. At any rate, the Shabbos is still called Chazak. It is still a Shabbat of strength. And from it will, Be'ezrat Hashem, come good things. For you, for me, and for all of us. And I want to focus on the beginning of the second half of this week's Torah portion. Some years this is a portion in and of itself. Some years we have only Parshat B'chukotai. This year we go on Wednesday from the end of Parshat Bahar, moving into Parshat B'chukotai. Parshat B'chukotai opens up in a very rosy fashion. We hear about the reward for fulfilling Hashem's commandments. God tells us, that if we are sure to advance in the knowledge of His rules by studying Torah with great devotion, beyond the minimal requirement, and if we do so, not only to gain academic knowledge, but we do so in order to safeguard the the proper performance of Hashem's mitzvahs, and, and we indeed follow through with action, then in that case, says the verse in Parshas Bechukotai, and I'll read it in Hebrew, we're in chapter 26. The fourth verse says, V'natati kishmechem bi'itam. I will give them or give you your reign in its appropriate time. And then the Torah, after telling us that it will, he will give, God will give reign in its appropriate time, he says, V'natana ha'aretz yivula, the yield, yield its full produce, and Eitz Hasada Yitain Pirio. The tree of the field will give if it's give forth or give. So I would like to focus in the next couple of minutes as we study together on the words Vinisati Gishmechem. Why the rain? Why do we focus and emphasize God giving rain? There really and truly are many blessings that one could require. Good health is something that everybody looks for. Nachas from children something we all want to have, joy from our family and from our relationships. But neither of those two are dependent on rain. You can have lots of rain, which could ultimately result in material prosperity, assuming that you have an agriculturally-based kind of economy. You still may not have your health, and you still may not be able to enjoy the blessings of your family. So why does God say, V'nesati gishmei itam, emphasizing only rain? How did rain become the poster boy for all of our needs. Now, Ramban, Nachmanides, suggests that the word or rains actually have a very important concept for us. And he says that if there is abundant rainfall, and he's speaking about the land of Israel, of course, that, that is our land, that's where we organically really belong. And the land of Israel, unlike, for example, the land of Egypt, necessarily requires abundant rainfall. In the land, in other countries, or for example, in Egypt, as the Torah speaks about, 
contrasting the land of Israel with the land of Mitzrayim where we came from, is that in Mitzrayim, in Egypt, they seem to prosper always because of the Nile Delta, which irrigated the country. And antiquity, we know in biblical times, economic collapse situations, which came from a drought. But in Mitzrayim, in Egypt, there was plenty, at least relative to all the other countries. That's the story of Joseph. That's the story of Jacob coming down into the land of Egypt. And prior to that, there is a story of a drought with Isaac, where he going down to Egypt and even before that the story of Abraham and Sarah who actually went to Egypt because of a drought because of economic collapse okay so the land of Israel is a, it needs its rain and broadly speaking the Israeli economy time was not we were not the startup nation not computer chips or technology although I'm sure we had a Yiddish cup but the Yiddish cup invested in the study of Torah where we used our, 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 the ability to make money was primarily Israel was an agriculturally based society in ancient times. So Ramban says because the Gishamim, because the rain will come in its right time, what happens is it not only affects the produce and that only affects farming but in fact it also affects it affects the atmosphere as well. And he says when there's, when there's a, a healthy atmosphere, people are healthy, and it means the mayanot atovot, because when rain comes in its rightful time, you don't have flooding, and the rain, the water is in, the, in, a, in a healthy way, in an effective way, and so people won't get sick. Animals are young due to pestilence, and as such, when people will have abundant rainfall, they'll have and they'll have their good health. So he says it's a naturally that everything else will fall into place. You know, the Maggid of Mizrich once said that if a person is not well physically, he said, and I'll say it in Yiddish first, he said, Akleine lechel, in guf, a small crevice or orifice or hole in the body results in a loch, a large hole in the neshama, a large hole in one's soul. And it is to say that if we have our health about us, properly. So physical material health definitely leads to the ability to find spiritual fulfillment. And by and large, when, when things are well, it's easier to manage relationships and people generally get along better. And it's easier to work on raising a family and seeing nachas. I never any guarantees about anything, but certainly easier. And I can tell you, unfortunately, that I know firsthand of numerous couples that are experiencing marital issues or problems. And of course, the thing I wonder when people come to me is, I've, it's the first time I'm doing counseling on Zoom, but what I wonder, why is it now? Like, where, was everything fine un, up until now? And really what's come out more than, than not is, is that there were always problems, but when everything else was in place, these problems were easily managed. But when everything is disrupted and everything is out of whack, all of a sudden the smallest problems little anthills become molehills and mountains and unfortunately um, many people are suffering and this is a very very difficult time that we live in so that's how the Ramban explains it and it, it works perhaps if you live in the land of Israel two millennia ago but what does it say to us how does that work for us so I want to I want to take a moment to share with you a very interesting teaching of the Baal Shem Tev. The Baal Shem Tev famously would oftentimes look at the Hebrew verbiage and he would read into it. And he would be able to say, so sometimes if you see that there's etymology related between one Hebrew word and the other, that there might not only be superficial etymology, but in fact, 
there's, there's meaning that one, one is connected to the other. And this is an example, a perfect example of etymology and meaning where, that come together, that mesh in a very, very real way. Geshem in Hebrew means rain. Geshem shows up very early in the story of Genesis. In the story of the first human being, we have Adam, and Adam is placed on the face of earth, and it's still a barren earth. And until the rain falls, we don't see everything that Hashem had implanted in the ground doesn't come forth. The rain falls, everything suddenly begins to grow. So there was a mist. The aid Ya'alem in Ha'aretz, the Torah says, there was a mist that came up from, from, the, from the water that was evaporating. Things clouded over, and after they clouded over, the rain fell, and once the earth was moistened and the rain fell, then material abundance and beneficence was produced. So the word Geshem means rain, and Geshem translates into a harvest. But the Baal Shem Tov said that the word Geshem is also the root source of the word Gashmiyut. So gashmiyut means that which we can touch. Goodness that we can sink our teeth into, so to speak. Goodness which is tangible. As one wise person once said, imagine you're Adam, the first person. First of all, you're an androgynous creature. He's Adam and Chava together at the same time. He's got two faces and doesn't know which way to go. It must have been a very strange experience. And suddenly he's impelled to do something. What drove him? What impelled him? We say there was a ruach. Ruach lekim There was a spirit of God. There were these forces. Forces that may have compelled or impelled Adam to do certain things. Adam does a number of things within the first few hours of his creation. Before he messes up. Before he slips up. So what, what, what compelled him to do those things? Well, it was a ruach. It was a spirit. He really, he couldn't touch it. He couldn't see it. It wasn't something that he had a, a tangible, so to speak, experience or relationship with. It was... These are, these are matter of facts insofar as his reaction. He reacted a certain way. He was moved by a ruach, but he didn't have any kind of physical sensation. He didn't engage with what we call the five senses. And then, and then there was like this evaporation, and then these clouds came, and Adam's beautiful sunny day all of a sudden turned rainy. And what did he feel on his cheeks? What did he feel on his hands? He felt water. The first time Adam had an interaction with something outside of him which caused him to react was when Geshem fell. So Geshem is the way we re refer to things which are tangible. Things of, 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 of material benefit. Things of material plenty. And so the Baal Shem Tev says that really on a deeper level what's being told to us here is not simply that we will receive our rainfall in its appropriate time but Hashem will give us all of our material blessings in an appropriate time. Vinisati Gishmechem is God's promise to provide us with material plenty. Now you know the Mishnah tells us that schar for mitzvah, the reward, remuneration for a mitzvah, Baha'i Alma in this world, don't expect to find it. And that the real reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Why is this? How is this? It sounds almost unfair. God says do mitzvahs and you get rewarded. What's the reward? Ha! Another mitzvah for you. Didn't you promise us God a reward? And the answer is yes, God, God does promise rewards, but the value of a mitzvah is so great that no amount of money or good health, no amount of material pleasure or beneficence can actually equal the value of a mitzvah. And if God says He's going to remunerate, if He says He's going to pay us, then the payment has to be appropriate. So it cannot, we cannot say that the notion of, 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 of a reward, a real reward, would come in a material form. 
And the only real reward of the mitzvah is the result of the mitzvah, is the energy generated by the mitzvah. This is before Mashiach comes in what we call the Garden of Eden, and Mertz Hashem, when Mashiach will finally come, it will become actualized in real time in our world. Now, how do we square that with Parshas Bechukosai, which says, follow my ways, and I will give you all of these beautiful rewards. So the Rambam, Maimonides says the answer is very simple. If a person, as we mentioned earlier, doesn't have his or her material needs met, it's very hard to serve Hashem. It's hard to give tzedakah if you have no money. It's hard to get up in the morning and daven if you have no health. It's hard to be in a jovial mood and to serve Hashem with joy if you have no shalom bayit, no peace in the house. These become very difficult things. So if a person is well-adjusted materially, it allows for more mitzvah to be done. And the Rambam says that's exactly the meaning of the Mishnah. Schar mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah, is a mitzvah, meaning the ability to do more mitzvot. You do a mitzvah. Through this mitzvah, you are able to achieve amazing things and connect to Hashem. But without the material beneficence, we can't do that. Hashem says, I will give you. If you do one mitzvah, we'll beget another mitzvah opportunity. And that is also the mitzvah of mitzvah goreret mitzvah. One mitzvah causes or brings another mitzvah in its train. Now, mitzvahs can't be organic or natural. Mitzvahs have to be something that we actually work for. So what do you mean a mitzvah brings a mitzvah? If I didn't work for the mitzvah, it's not valuable. It's just a, an, a, a reflex. It's an instinct. But really, the meaning of schar mitzvah, mitzvah is that the only thing as valuable as a mitzvah is the ability to perform more mitzvahs. And the meaning of one mitzvah bringing another in its train then is that when we do a mitzvah, Hashem will give us the opportunity to do other mitzvahs. And that's the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing, the greatest thing any of us could ever ask for is to live a life that's filled with meaning. A life in which you have purpose. A life in which you know what you're doing here and you're able to actually accomplish it. And this brings me now to uh, the final point of today's class. Okay, so fine. The Baal Shem is telling us that God promises us material beneficence. Geshem or Gshamim, rainfall, is the metaphor. But in a, in a deeper sense, it means God's promises of all good things. Very nice. Okay. So now, here's the interesting thing. Let's go back to the Pasuk. God says, you do good things. I'll make sure you have opportunities to do more good things. It says, V'nesati Gishmechem Bi'itam. I will give you your gashmiyot. I will give you your rainfall in its appropriate time. What does Rashi say? What is the appropriate time for rain? Some people will tell you never. <laughs> they don't like rain. I don't like rain. I'm not a farmer. I don't like rain. The only time I liked rain is when they put new grass in front of my house and I didn't have a sprinkler system and the grass was turning brown. I was saying, oh, you got the himmel. Can you please let it rain? And another time when we had to drain the mikveh and refill the bottom uh, cistern of the mikveh with rainwater and there wasn't enough rainwater. Very long time it didn't rain. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, was that frustrating. But as a rule, eh, who likes rainy weather? You wake up in the morning, the sun is shining. It's like, gewaldic. We have great, we have great weather. People feel good about themselves. I, I know it was snowing a few days ago. I didn't see many people raving about that on Facebook. How amazing is our weather in May? We're getting snow instead of summer. Everybody likes a nice sunny day. So what is the right time for rain? No, you tell me. What's the right time for rain? The right time for rain is when nobody's outdoors. The right time for rain is at night when you're sleeping. But people at night have to travel and get about. So Rashi says, here's the right time for rain. Be'ita means Bisha'ah she'ein derech b'nei adam latzeit In a time when people aren't going out of their homes Hopefully they have a good roofer And hopefully the, the, the house 
is watertight, rains at night, what's the problem? You go to sleep, a nice sunset, you, you retire at a, into the house, and then the next morning the sun is shining. A perfect world. And then Rashi adds something very interesting. That the most appropriate time is on the late Friday nights. Lele Shabbatot. And the Lele Shabbatot is everybody's home. Nobody's going out to do anything. There are no errands to run. And on a Friday night when everybody's home, this is the most beautiful time for the rain to fall. So you have a nice sunny Friday. Everybody goes home. Everybody makes Kiddush. Everybody has a beautiful Sudat Shabbat. Later at night you go to sleep. Nobody's outside. The rain falls, Shabbos morning, the sun is shining again. It's a beautiful interpretation. It's very nice for rainfall. How does it work with the idea of Gashmiut? How would you understand this Rashi, that you have Gashmiut at the right time? I mean, if you'll come to somebody and say, when would you like to have a full bank account? What's the right time? Only at night? <laughs> and, and, like, when would you like God to shower you with blessings? Continue to shower us with blessings. So the Rebbe once gave us a beautiful teaching now with this, I'm going to conclude tonight's class and talk a little bit about our, our situation. The Rebbe said that on a deeper level, that we learn, we read the word Gashmiyut, we read the Geshem, not only as rain, but as Gashmiyut. So the Rebbe says that here is the appropriate time for rain. In a time when people are not going to be hampered, when our life will not be disrupted, when things won't become in some way derailed as a result of the weather. So here's how the Rebbe interpreted this. Here's how he explained it. He says, imagine. Imagine that God is giving us so much material plenty, we don't even know what to do with it. Things are fantastic. You have everything you need, and those around you who need, you're able to help too. Everything is good. You have your Geshem. You have your material plenty. So what's the only problem? If you had to diagnose a problem, the Jewish community is prosperous. Everybody has everything they need. You know what could go wrong? What could go wrong, and what oftentimes does go wrong, is when people have too much material blessing, they stop appreciating it. And not only do they stop appreciating it, they, 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 they move from appreciation to entitlement, and you raise a generation of children who are not prepared to work hard, who expect everything to come their way, and who oftentimes fall into the slippery slope of assimilation losing the higher meaning and purpose in life. Moshe Rabbeinu alludes to this in the end of the Torah when he says, Vayishman Yishurun. He describes material plenty as corpulence. And he says, Yishurun, the upright. That's one of the nice names that the Torah uses for us, the Jewish people. The Kahal Yishurun, the congregation of the upright. Well, they get a little corpulent. We get a little bit too satisfied. And as such, Vayivot. And then we slip and we trip. And ultimately, the material blessings turn out to be not such a blessing after all, chas v'shalom. I know that many of you out there have seen this firsthand. You've seen the way wealth can sometimes destroy families. You've seen the way wealth can destroy people. Where people lose their sense of meaning in life. And in the end, they're not really any happier. Because it sounds like a cliche, but money really doesn't buy happiness. And there are scientific studies that show that per capita, rich people aren't happier than poor people, which is quite shocking, actually. But, it, but it's, it's scientifically proven. What, what is also scientifically proven is that people who have purpose in life are far happier than those who don't. And so the Rebbe suggested 
that the deeper meaning here of getting your rainfall in its appropriate time means in an, in an unhampering way, in a way that doesn't disrupt us. The greatest blessing, my friends, is to be able to have plenty of gashmiut, to have all the things we need, that Hashem should bless us, we should live in beautiful homes and have fine wardrobes and we should eat well and we should be able to provide our children with everything that they need, but it shouldn't hamper and disrupt our lifestyles. It shouldn't get in the way of our spiritual pursuit. It shouldn't diminish us as Jewish people in any way, shape, or form. And in conclusion, we are living in a very difficult time. I think, I think, I think that we all know this. We all, we all know this inherently that it's a difficult time. Some of us are having a harder time of it, but it's a difficult time. As one wise person once said, we're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same stormy sea. It's no fun to be quarantined. It's no fun to be separated from each other. It's awful not to be able to come to shul together, to congregate and to celebrate a Yiddishkeit as really we're supposed to, we're ordained to. It, it's, it's beyond terrible that the amount of lives that have been lost and there's an anxiety, an underlying anxiety when nobody knows what tomorrow will bring and people are concerned of on one hand, an economic collapse, chas v'shalom. But then again, if they open everything, does that mean a second wave of illness or disease or God forbid, worse? There's a lot of problems. But something interesting has also happened over the last couple of weeks and months. And I've heard this from many people. People said they suddenly realized that all the things they thought they needed, they didn't really need so much. I spoke to one woman we're talking about the difficulty of the time and she said the one bright thing she said is I thought I needed this whole wardrobe closet I thought I needed all those pairs of shoes she says I'm home I wear two pairs of slacks that's all I wear <laughs> she says suddenly those things aren't so important to me anymore and, and I said to her you know that's, it's, a very, it's very profound what you're saying and it's very true and of course the question is will we be able to carry these lessons into the sunny tomorrow we're all hoping that the sun will rise again very soon quite literally and also figuratively, and that we'll return to a normal life, a non-disrupted life. Of course, we hope to see Mashiach each and every single day, but chas v'shalom, if he tarries, for heaven's sake, at least give us back our lives. We want to live a normal life. We just, we just want to be able to experience the beauty of community and camaraderie in a way that's fulfilling and uplifting. We want to be able to encourage each other. We want to be able to go out without fear and anxiety. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes to myself, if the lessons that we will learn during these stormy times will be able to be taken into better times. And if in fact, we'll be able not only to resume our lives as they were, but to be able to resume lives that are far more wholesome, that are far more focused, that are far more spiritual, that are far more meaningful. And we continue to hope that by making efforts in that direction, that we accelerate the process of universal redemption and that Emir Hashem, Mashiach, will soon come, gather all of us together, bring us home to our eternal Eretz Yisrael, and then, as the Pasuk goes on to say, there will be peace in Israel and in the whole world, as all of us will have everything we could possibly need, as well as the deepest sense of spiritual fulfillment and closeness to God. Bemheira will be Amenu. Amen.